0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online, with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur,
1: Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today, we have with us the only guest that's been on the show three times. I think this is the record. It is Brent Zeradnik. He's the Amazon advertising expert, and he's also the founder of AMZ Pathfinder. Brent, how's it going?
0: Oh, it's going great. Now that I know I have the hat trick uh, for uh, appearances on the show, I, I, didn't, I didn't know I was in esteemed ranks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you have, I think, man, I'll have to go double check, but I think you have the only hat trick here. So,
0: yeah. Okay. I knew you'd know that phrase. That sounds like a very Canadian ice hockey phrase, hat trick.
1: <laughs> oh, it is Canadianized, but at the same time, I lived 25 years in Europe. So in football or soccer, yeah, uh, we use that as well. Ah, okay,
0: okay. Yeah. That that one I'm more familiar with as a sport, especially since I've been here for, uh, yeah, what, almost four years myself now in France.
1: Four years. So you're still in France, and how's everything there? Uh, it was a little bit... Uh,
0: yeah, it was a bit touch and go for a while, and uh, in fact, we're you know we're recording this late uh, October, not to not to spoil the date for anybody, but um, we're maybe going back under reconfinement pretty soon. So we were kind of preparing for that uh, today. Uh, we were out and about shopping and everything, getting mentally ready for that per- eventuality uh, if that if that does happen. But I mean, all happy and healthy on my end. Uh, and Business is going well. My family members back in the U.S. are safe and they're doing good. So I have no complaints really.
1: Well, I did hear about reconfinement and it was at first, I'm like, what if it gets here? And then I I also think, I mean, it's not like I leave much anyway. (laughs) Right. Pretty
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my crux of it. And if I go shopping, it's like at three in the afternoon and there's nobody in the store. So like, Hmm. you know, my, my risk of uh, transmission or whatever is pretty low and my hobbies are all like solitary exercise, like cycling or running. So yeah, not a lot of danger there either for the most part.
1: Yeah. And you know what? We don't even go do shopping anymore. And it's not that I'm afraid of COVID anymore. I think that that fear has gone away from most people's minds, but it's um, with, ah, what's it called? There's this shopping app that my wife uses Mm -hmm. um, and you just shop in any store that you want, which Walmart or Safeway, whatever. And then they just deliver to your door. They ring the doorbell. They walk away. Leave the groceries there. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but there's now uh, people doing this as independents. So if I want to buy, uh, let's say, a bag of, uh, I'm going to say this because it just happened today, a bag of avocados and eight pounds <laughs> and eight pounds of cashews. Eight at pounds. Costco. Yeah, because it's a special sale. Um, this person will go uh, for an extra fee of thirty five bucks. Uh, we'll go to Costco, do the shopping for you. I mean, thirty-five bucks per uh, for one hour of shopping, um, and they'll do the shopping for you. Bring it to my door. Hey, it's here, and they walk away. And um,
0: Christmas came early. Yeah, not too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we don't even leave the house anymore. <laughs> uh, so, Brett, let's talk about let's talk about business here. You're, like I said, your your specialty is Amazon advertising. Uh, well, you, you probably have more than that. No, probably you do. But when it comes to advertising, just two weeks ago, um, at the time of this recording, I think it was two weeks, uh, was Prime Day. Uh, how did it go for you?
0: Yeah, so Prime Day this year was a bit strange. Um, I would say overall, the word I would use is muted. It had kind of a muted response compared mm-hmm. to years past. And one thing I like to point out to, to people when I talk about Prime here is Amazon will almost every year say, this was our biggest Prime day ever. Yeah. Uh, they did not say that this year. It's worth noting. They had nowhere said that. They did say it was our biggest Prime day ever. And then, you know, in smaller type uh, for third-party sellers with 60% inventory, blah, blah, blah. You know, they had some caveat to it. Um, um, I think they 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 did really well with third-party sellers. But then I looked at some other data from Marketplace Pulse, uh, which is one of my favorite blogs to follow. Yes. And they talk about like, oh, actually, it turns out, you know, who really made out on Prime this year? It was it was Amazon. <laughs> I mean, I bought a uh, Kindle Fire Stick and a new Kindle myself. Well, I guess it's not a Kindle Fire Stick, but, you know, their TV Fire Stick thing. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm enjoying both of those because they had discounts. 70% but, uh, yeah.
1: or 67, so was, right?
0: Yeah, it was like some like large amount of money off um, for the Kindle at least. Uh, yeah. So I think Amazon did quite well. But people are aware of Black Friday. You know, it's not like some secret. They all know about the Turkey Five, Cyber Monday, that weekend. People are waiting for that. Um, Unless people are buying copious amounts of Halloween candy, I don't really know what what the big sales were. Uh, And as far as our client results, we took a similar approach we have in the past, uh, I think, three years now. Because the first year that I started this company, 2015, was the first prime day. But we barely caught that wave because that was like – you know, just at the same time I was starting. Um, but I think for the last three years now, we've done a very similar strategy of kind of conserving our cash, keeping our powder dry, moderating our bids, watching our budgets carefully in the days running up because the conversion rates are always terrible with advertising in those days just before Prime. And then really focusing on boosting spend and exposure on the days of Prime Um, especially for products that have lightning deals or have extra, you know, deep discount coupons or have Mm -hmm. seasonality in effect because typically it's in what, July. Um, So, you know, it's kind of like that oasis in the middle of the hot desert is how I like to (laughs) describe it to clients uh, typically because it's like taking a, you know, a nice drink of cold water when your sales go three or four times up. But... Yeah, this year, um, deploying those same strategies and then kind of carefully looking at data as we ramp down from Prime. Uh, we use bulk files to do a lot of these changes en masse. Um, you know, we're, we were seeing, I would say, uh, less large of a response to, compared to previous years. Um, so maybe two and a half times sales in some accounts instead of like four or five times. And for other accounts that are counter seasonal or, you um, didn't really have any promos. You know, they saw a slight bump in traffic and sales, but that was maybe one 1.5x. So mm-hmm. nothing really too crazy. We had a couple of clients that did really well and stand out, but they also have seasonal um, products that maybe are very conducive to this time of year. Yeah. Uh, but overall, pretty pretty disappointing <laughs> Prime Day, I would say. Uh, but it was kind of a good fire drill for the next couple months.
1: Yeah. You know what? I I, I felt the same thing. Sales did increase, but there was nothing special about being a a prime day where we're expecting. Maybe that's what it was. Expectations were too high and then it happened and uh, nothing. Then on the other side, as a buyer, I also like prime day as a buyer, right? I shopped (laughs) through Amazon and I managed to buy a few items directly from Amazon, just like you, because mm-hmm. that they had the 70% sales on smart devices. And I I don't know if it's an addiction, but I like smart devices. Uh, my wife always tells me the only smart thing in, in your office is th- those devices that you buy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like the Echo Dot, these kind of things, like your, the ones you're talking to? Yes, smart plugs, uh, light bulbs that have Wi-Fi enabled, or I can just where she's basically it's the lazy man's tools where I can just say, Alexa, dim my light or turn off my light or turn on the basement lights. Just I'm to- down with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. I dig it, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, play the Alexa, play the best podcast in the world. And, <laughs> and, and she plays Joe Rogan's and I assumed she was going to play mine. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: You're like, no, no,
1: wrong, yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, stop, delete. Uh, yeah, so what what do you do when it comes to to prepare for a special event? It doesn't matter if it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, mm-hmm. I don't know uh, three days before Christmas. Um, do, do you increase the cost per click? Do you reduce it or and increase budgets? or um, yeah, good question. those are everything? steps we
0: take, but those are like I would say mid mid steps. like the first steps would be let's communicate with the client and say, okay, what's your inventory situation like? You know, good, bad, what are these products looking like? How's your sell through? Uh, You know, how are margins holding? Like, is your price variable at the moment? Okay, those things are stable or maybe some small changes and to accommodate for. Um, What's your promotional efforts? If someone has a lightning deal, well, we're going to make some changes on the campaigns based on that because we're expecting, you know, a giant sales bump, a huge conversion lift, probably a lot of spend through auto campaigns that we need to watch and be kind of aware of. Um, I don't know if you you guys know this, but, you know, anyone listening, if you have an auto campaign running during a lightning deal, you're going to get a lot of placements for that, for those ads, like through that auto campaign. um, And sometimes end up spending a lot of money if you're not careful with your budget caps and your bids. So, you know, let's take into account these kind of like promos and other things that are going to influence sales in a very, uh, you know, direct way. And then you can come up with kind of a bid strategy, formulate some kind of approach with budgeting, um, because it may be appropriate to boost uh, you know, CPC bids across the board for a product that has a lightning deal to, you know, further capitalize on that. If they have ample inventory and they know the BSR is going to be dropped to, you know, some obscenely low number and they're going to get lots of visibility, you can ride that wave, you know, after Prime Day, after Black Friday. But uh, for a lot of products on Prime where, you know, it's not like, especially in season, they have, you know, normal inventory, no promos. Yeah, there's a bump. We, we, should, we should justify a bump with uh, budgets and ensure that we have good exposure on all these new kind of like, uh, ad types, but you don't necessarily need to go crazy with it. Um, everyone's going to benefit from the increased traffic. It's like, even if you have, um, you know, an aisle in a store that's kind of in the back corner of the store, if there's, uh, you know, four times as many people shopping, more people are going to see it. You don't necessarily need to pay to get your products put on the end cap, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, the aisle at the store, so to speak, other people are still going to see it and buy it. And you're going to benefit from
1: it. Our approach
0: we've learned over the years is to be more, um, I don't want to say granular, maybe like fine-tuned with with the products that we're choosing to to push. And then, of course, it comes down to client budget, too. Uh, I'll share a really strange story. Three years ago, I had a client um, that when I was doing a lot more direct management, and we boosted their budget significantly over Prime, and they did very well um, in terms of ACoS. It came in below you know, their profit numbers. Uh, we're happy with with that, but um, we actually spent so much money on that weekend that they uh, fired us because they were like, "We don't have enough money to basically pay this bill." I mean, like, you know, this this is like a cash flow issue. Um, so, you know, as as you know, uh, money takes a long time to come through Amazon, yes. and you get your disbursement later on. And I think that they panicked. Um, I kept in touch with that client and still talk to them, but uh, yeah, that was like a weird interaction for sure. Um, and maybe something, you know, funny to look back on now at the time was very serious and, and quite concerning because who likes to be fired, but, mm. uh, yeah, we just put a lot of money through the account and, uh, it was too much. So we have to know, uh, what clients limits are for spend and respect those.
1: Yeah. Got it. And you know what, you touched on something that's very important. Uh, that was the, you don't just uh, turn on a campaign because uh, Prime Day is coming or something. You look at the inventory that that product has, and the sell-through rate, and, mm-hmm. and and that's very good because a lot of people turn on. Okay, Prime Day is coming. Let's increase the bids, increase the budget, and then you have fifty units of something, and you sell forty that day. You're going to run out of stock, for example. Right. Uh, while uh, looking at sell-through, that's something that we did. Products that were selling less. And you wanted, we wanted to get rid of, mm-hmm. right? Here comes a prime day, give them a big discount, let them sell out, so um, our account metrics are better because that is the product that is putting us in the red or closer to the red. Uh, so sell, sell the stuff that hasn't been moving, right? Give it a big yeah, discount. we
0: we didn't even touch on that. I, I you know I forgot about that aspect entirely. You know we we classify products with clients like is this a you know. A profit product we're we supposed to try to you know uh, make money threads maybe at a lower spend is this maintain and we trying to break even and then like liquidate is another one of these several stages that we talk about so we would call a product like that liquidate and yeah I, I failed to mention that entirely like yeah I guess now is the time to chop it by a large percent you know yeah. get that out of there improve your uh, your IPI right your inventory score now that amazon cares about so much get that stuff out of there um, because you're gonna be hit with the fees and you're gonna hurt your IPI score so yeah, now's a good opportunity to do it. And that might be a place to spend selectively on advertising too. Obviously, you're not trying to invest in like a future for that product, so to speak, but you are trying to get it to go away, <laughs> which, is a, which is a nice thing in itself. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know what? You touched on something that it's, it's not really uh, PPC related, but their IPI that Amazon set up and now is a, a very important metric for everybody. I don't know if, it's, if it was purposely done or if they didn't account for uh, sellers that are using Amazon f- to fulfill their external orders. And I can explain this. For example, we sell uh, one of the brands that we sell all over the world. Mm-hmm. And in Europe, I know that Amazon distributes to 28 countries. So we can send all our inventory to Amazon, even though we are not big sellers on Amazon. Yeah. But that brand, which is in, in North America, has a decent size. But in, in Europe, on Amazon, it doesn't. But on Shopify, we do six times more sales than Amazon. So instead of just sending inventory to a third-party warehouse and another warehouse all over Europe, we send it to FBA. It costs it a little bit more. But now I don't have to have inventory sitting everywhere, right? I send it to Amazon.
0: It simplifies taxes too, maybe.
1: Exactly. And now the issue is with the IPI score, Amazon measures the velocity that the unit sells on Amazon. They don't care for how much I sell on Shopify. So now I have a product, for example, that sells 200 units a day. And Amazon will only let me send in 50 to the warehouse.
0: Like, I never considered that before.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, but that's very interesting.
0: I, I think that I think that that's not built into what what my understanding of the IPI is and how they calculate it. That's not that's not part of it. Um, wow, that's that's a that's a shame. I mean, we've had plenty of clients that have run into issues with IPI. Usually, I hear like, "Oh, there's 200 units max I can do for this like new product which is being launched because we've had like a little bit of traction and Amazon's decided, yeah, 200 is the limit. But we know it can do more. You know, how painful is that?
1: Hmm. But yeah, Yeah, they're just really
0: continually raising the bar on their uh, requirements for warehousing. I mean, another thing to mention in terms of uh, fulfillment would be the um, um, uh, Seller Fulfilled Prime. I mean, they've pretty much killed that project off entirely now. Oh, really? Yeah, so um, there's some news maybe a month and a half ago. The actual page on their website, on Amazon's website, they delisted from Google. Like they put like a do not index on like robots text so you can't find it via Google. And um, they also have been letting people know hey, the uh, requirements for SFP are going to be changing. Uh, in Europe, I know in the UK, I know they've been sending out messages and like it's going to be, you know, the, the the level of service you have to meet to still be SFP eligible is like basically impossible. Like they're raising the bar so high that, you know, only Olympic athletes can jump over it, essentially. Um, wow. And they're the Olympic athlete. <laughs> yes. because
1: <laughs> You know, it's funny. There's that other program they did. Um, they didn't delist it because you can still see it, but they turned it off. It was that option that we had to sell products out of stock. If they were already on the way to the warehouse and we gave them the tracking numbers,
0: oh yeah, yeah, so
1: it was called Amazon Head Start program, and of course I I put everything on Head Start uh, because um, they're taking a lot of time to get things into the warehouse. So yeah. if we ran out of stock, we could still sell product, and it would just say it will be available to you and November thirtieth or whatever.
0: So that's not possible at all anymore because I I, I believe I've seen that fairly recently where you can, you can actually buy, but it says on the buy box, like, available October
1: 29th. You know, yes, say- it still shows up uh, mostly on their own pro- uh, products. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I have one of mine that I just looked at. I have that available November 11th. So that's, you know, 14 days from now at the time of this recording. But my head start. Has a status uh, that I, I can't actually figure out. When you go to that page, it normally says your status, enable, disable, paused, whatever. And now it has some hieroglyphics on the button that I cannot read. But uh, I did run out of stock on one product and it shows up on the page available November 14th, something like that, uh-huh. or November 11th. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, it does still work, but the page, was removed and there's no option to enable it on yeah. other accounts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I
0: wonder if it's a technical glitch or if there is some, yeah, if they're, if they're end of lifeing it perhaps. Um, well, it's very much like Amazon to like put something out there, put a little bit of resources behind it just to see if it takes off and then, you know, put more, more into it. I think a good example would be sponsored display. So, um, you know, this, this campaign type is now, really been making waves in the in the PPC community after I would say two plus years of being in beta um, and then kind of existing as product display ads initially, which now have been turned into the sponsor display. But um, we've seen you know more feature additions to sponsor display in the past three months than we have in all the time it's existed mm. previously. <laughs> so now it's like something where uh, we're rolling it out across the board, we're stacking best practices, we're you know, talking to clients about it and saying like, look, it makes up, you know, this small percentage of your revenue, but it's growing. Isn't that interesting? Um, and it has API support so we can like do, you know, full on reporting for it. Um, and as I understand it, Amazon is going to continue to develop the ad placements for it, the features. Um, in fact, one thing I just learned the other day, if you're familiar, now this is a podcast, of course, so this is going to be hard to explain, but when you go to a product detail page, there's a the search bar at the top, And then there's the product images and the bullet points right on the right side. But between those two, there is a ad spot. It's called um, uh, product page top stripe or Amazon top stripe. It's something top stripe, but that page is available through sponsored display um, campaigns. So if you add custom creative to a sponsored display ad uh, you have a chance of showing up there. It's one of the 10 placements that sponsored display inside of advertising console, AKA, you know, seller central has available now. So I've been pushing the team to, uh, you know, use custom and and all you need is a brand logo and it's not that complicated. So that gives you a chance to be, be seen there. That's a really prominent ad position. It's kind of like, you know, the top ad position on a product detail page. And people are always so fixated on keyword rank from the homepage. You know, if you go to amazon.de and you type in, you know, uh, you know, something in German, right. You're like, okay, where is my, uh, where is my, um, uh, I don't know. Where's, where's my like running shoes. And people are like, I'm, I'm position three, but most uh, purchases on Amazon occur from not people just searching and buying directly there, but looking around on product pages and then going and clicking on a sponsored ad or looking at products similar to um, so showing up on a product detail page is a lot of ad impressions to be had there. And that's a valuable ad slot. Um, so I would encourage people to try that and <laughs> sponsor display and attach some custom creative and give that a shot.
1: Yeah. And it- And anything that is at at the beginning, because I don't know if it's because it has less competition of running certain types of of ads when they're brand new, Mm -hmm. uh, the costs are lower. So I don't know if Amazon and other platforms, if they do it purposely because they want it to take off or if it is because there's less people doing it, uh, but it is cheaper normally. Mm
0: I think it's option two. Yeah. Yeah. Another one we see is sponsored brands video and sponsored brands with custom creative. And this custom creative is not just a logo. I mean, this is like lifestyle images, high quality, high resolution stuff. Um, You can, you can upload a pretty big image to Amazon and then just kind of cut it down in the interface. They make it fairly easy to do actually, you know, credit to them. But um, yeah, not a lot of people run those, like just in general, like I've, I've tried to on live call Client like yeah, look, this is a sponsored uh, brand, a custom creative ad, and then like I do a search or two, and I'm like, well, I can't find one (laughs) because the the inventory is so limited, and you usually see them on mobile. When you do, you really notice it because it takes up like half of the screen, and it looks so premium. And (laughs) if the brand has done a good job with their you know asset photography and stuff, it looks great. So that's another one of these things that like barely anyone's using. We do audits for accounts on almost a weekly basis. We never ever see anyone using that. Um, It's like extremely rare.
1: Yeah, I actually did the same thing, trying to show the team, and I do a search, and I, so have a look at this, and I do a search, and I cannot find it, and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and I normally yeah, go to the For the super, life of me, I
0: can't find this damn thing. Yeah, that's I go to, to the super,
1: times. super competitive spaces, like something supplements or skincare, and uh, somebody has to have it here, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I always type in like curcumin or like green matcha tea, like one of these <laughs> things. It's like a million sellers always trying to kill each other on these, uh, you know, keywords. And they're spending like half of their sale price on per click. And I was like, surely there's one on this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nah, I couldn't find one. Damn.
1: <clears throat> oh. So, you know, talking about things that Amazon is changing and new things, there's been a lot of changes in PPC lately. They seem to come more often, mm-hmm. but there's a few that since the last time we spoke there's a few that came out which for example uh negative products on auto campaigns uh, that is that dreams do come true i know right that's that was a really big one and one thing that i saw this week and now i don't know if this was amazon or if this was some external tool mm. and it was You know, when you go into a a campaign and you get to see the search terms tab, Mm -hmm. there was an option to add the keyword, the search term directly into the ad or negative that keyword. Have you seen that?
0: Yes, we have seen that. Um, That actually showed up two days ago in some of our accounts. Yep. Um, and it's, it's hit or miss actually we've had, we've had instances where we like look at an account and then we check multiple campaigns and it's in some campaigns and not others. So it's like really hit or miss. And then other accounts, of course, it doesn't show up at all, but yeah, that's an Amazon supported feature. I mean, they've made so many, like, I guess you call them creature comforts, you know, inside of the, uh, advertising console as they've rolled that out now. Cause like we're, we're fully migrated over to advertising console now, you know, we're not in seller central managing ads anymore. I think that alone is worth, worth noting. You know, if you go into your Seller Central account, you click on advertising, you get kicked over to a new URL. You know, you're no longer in Seller Central. And that's that's good and bad for agencies because, you know, we rely on a lot of other reports like business reports and inventory. We like to look at that stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's extremely easy now for us to switch between accounts. Um, and they, we have this manager feature, which is a whole other thing I won't get into. But, you know, I think things are made much better with this new with this new system, I think. It has some bugs and glitches, but they're working on it. But this this thing is like another one of these creature comforts. It's like, yeah, if you want to manage your accounts from inside advertising console directly, well, now you can do that much more efficiently by you know adding negatives right from that kind of search term analysis panel, whatever you want to call that. Typically, we do that through software or we do it through bulk files, but yeah, we can do it in here now too. It might be a little bit slower, but man, is it easy. Uh, looks good, you know, <laughs> applaud the changes they're making for sure.
1: And talking about features, have you ever seen the video editing feature where you, you create an, an ad, a video ad, and it gets rejected for some reason, right? There's always a reason to get a video ad rejected. And in most of the accounts, it, they, you just get the notification. Your video was not approved. And here are the reasons, right? It's not in the right format. Or whatever starts with a white screen, so anything like right. that.
0: Yeah, usually it's that. It starts with a black screen where yeah. it should just start immediately. Yeah, that's the most common one we get.
1: <laughs> and then there's one one account that I have. It's the account that Amazon gave me brand gating without ever asking for it. Uh, and this is actually one of the facts. I was just telling to somebody before we jumped on the call. How I can see that they don't treat every seller the same. It's not that this is a special uh, account. it doesn't it's not that it sells a- any more than uh, some some other accounts. Mm-hmm. but we never sent in the trademark The account is a few years old, uh, several years old. We never sent in the trademark because when back then brand registry didn't require a trademark. Right? Mm-hmm. We would just request brand registry, send a picture of the product, have the name on it, and they would give us brand registry.
0: Right. That was version 1.0, wasn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, 1.0. We never changed it, Brent. Never changed it. <laughs> so what happened was they gave us brand gating on that brand. We never complained, of course. Now, that brand – and the only reason I know this doesn't happen to everybody is because I have more than one – and, and other brands, I don't get that. If I'm not brand registered, I don't get uh, I don't get to create a store. I don't get to, yeah. to do a plus content. I don't get uh, so, so many things. Other uh, brand ads,
0: yeah, for that matter.
1: With this brand, I can. with this brand, right. I can do everything. Plus they invite me for all the beta features in this brand. For example, the video uh, beta stage, we were doing it for nine months before it was even announced. Uh, to the public before it was only uh, available on mobile. Uh, We could do video ads that only showed on mobile. They didn't show on desktop. Right. But now if I send in a video in this brand that doesn't get approved, they edit it for me. They send an email. uh, Your video was not approved. It had, uh, For example, it was in the wrong format. It was, I don't know, 16 by 8 instead of 8 by 4 or something like that. We edit it for you. Uh, please review it on this link. And they send me a link to the Amazon cloud where my video edited is living. And I can just say, yes, I'll turn on the ad or not. Uh, That's so- a luxury.
0: Yeah. I've seen those emails from some client accounts, but I've not investigated. So they, they really will actually go in and someone, I'm assuming a person is actually chopping it up, yeah, uh, removing that part or modifying the appearance or, Maybe they even mess with the audio format. We've had ads rejected because the audio wasn't correct. Uh, you know, all kinds of reasons they have, but that, that's awesome. So if you hit yes, then it just starts right away. There's no further approval needed. Uh,
1: I, I believe so. Now, I think yeah, it goes through the normal process of approval, but the, oh, okay. video, the video itself is already kind of pre-approved, right? They just still uh, do the, the bot checking from there on. Right, but but and it is it is search. edited by a human being, yes, and they they are the ones that send the email, and they sign it, and these are the changes I did, and they even shorten a video. If you send in a forty eight second instead of forty five, they will shorten yeah. it. It's it's incredible, and I just wow. yeah, and the only reason I know this is because other accounts that I have don't don't get that treatment, right. but this right. one does. Right. Hey.
0: Yeah, we've also had uh, reps from. Or to make a slideshow videos, you know, so these are like, um, like, like imagine a really, really exciting PowerPoint, <laughs> like made into a video. We've had reps uh, from some accounts offer to do that. And then we said, yes, and they turned out pretty good. And we were like, can you do that with our other accounts? And they yeah. were like, maybe <laughs> yeah. And it was like, here, here's like 40 accounts. And they were like, ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think we, I think we scared them off, but, um, yeah, we've had that happen more often, uh, you know, more, 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 uh, more frequently in the, in the recent weeks. Um, and some of them have said, you know, well, we can't do it for that account. There's someone else on your account, but I can get in touch with your account manager for that and see if they have the ability. Um, because that's pretty cool. You know, some clients, they don't necessarily have the resources to shoot like a professional video. Like they can't spend 5K and half a day to like go and do a video. And, you know, these like slideshow, you know, feature benefit, lifestyle photo, maybe a little bit of background music, something simple like that it doesn't need to be Hollywood. I mean, these, these videos, they still work. Like if someone's on the subway looking at their phone and you hit them with a 25 second video, that's like, uh, you know, catches their attention. It's moving has, you know, the bullet points of the product makes it look appealing. That can still do the trick. Like what you need them to do is click through. You don't need to have a Hollywood production. Um, And we've seen it work. So Yeah. Reminds me of the early days of sponsored brands video where people would put together absolute crap (laughs) and they'd submit it. And then still it would somehow work because there was so little competition. The cost per clicks were quite low. I'm still, you know, they're not that high, but I feel like with quarter four this year, people are wisening up to uh, that ad type. It's not a secret anymore.
1: Mm -hmm, Yeah. I've seen some videos that are really cool. Actually, there was one in the pet category that it was shared on Facebook. I saw it on Facebook or LinkedIn and I wanted to be able to say that so um, we don't sell anything in the pet space, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to do something, something similar. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was, um, it felt like the dog was on the page. There was, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it was like, he was running on the page and then there's uh, something that they made it look like it was the Amazon listing and he could grab the listing, but it was in the video um uh, it, it was incredible anyway and that must
0: have been like a custom you know maybe like a dsp type uh ott or something like that over like over the top video which is like a, a different inventory that has a much higher like buy-in we don't have any clients running this but i've been on two different amazon presentations talking about it very interesting idea um because they can do custom stuff like that if you have enough budget they can do some pretty crazy things like if you're you know, at home watching your, uh, you know, your Fire Stick, like I mentioned earlier, and you're doing Amazon content. Like something will come up, I guess, um, uh, if you're doing like the free one, not not the Prime member, and you know, you'll see that kind of thing, I suppose. So, pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. So, uh, you're talking about DSP. Uh, AMZ Pathfinder has the uh, a DSP, and, and for everybody listening, this is the demand side platform because there's also DSP for drivers, right? Which is uh, I, can't, I can't remember what that one means, but it's drive. Oh, yeah.
0: You know, you're right because we get a lot of interest on our website and our Google Analytics for the, like, delivery service program. And That's I've had calls because uh, we, we do Google Ads with, like, a call extension. I'll occasionally get a ring on my phone and I pick it up and it's, like, just someone who found us and just clicked the ad. And I got a call from a gentleman once who was like, "Hey, is this uh, Amazon?" I was like, "No, not really, but like we kind of do stuff with Amazon." And then I had to spend the next five minutes explaining to him like our business model and like what we do. And he was like, (laughs) "Okay, interesting." But you know, ultimately, he was interested in starting like a DSP, you know, uh, like like business of his own, not with you know the online DSP, but this actually delivery thing. Which you know, you know, fair shout. It's probably not a bad business to be in right now in America, given everything. Um, But uh, yeah, fun conversation.
1: Do you hear that? But Bezos was sponsoring ten grand to anybody that wanted to start the DSP um, company, their own. Really? Yeah. So if they wanted oh, to start hear. delivering Amazon packages, um, they they had to present a business plan or something. They would get yeah funded. Yeah. So
0: I think they need the help during this time of year. So they're pulling on all the stops to get people involved. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the other DSP. The one we're talking about is the display one. So yeah, I mean, there's a DSP and there's an SSP, so supply side platform. And those two things are pretty much integrated inside Amazon's DSP. And uh, yeah, we've been really heavily uh, investing time, energy, and money in DSP. And I've learned a lot of things. Um, I would say that for our client base, you know, the size of companies we work with, it's suitable for a very small slice of our clients. Um, unless you have. I would say anywhere from eight to ten k a month to put into DSP for over the course of two or three months at minimum, it's probably not a right fit. Uh, we have definitely run campaigns for four thousand for a month or two, uh, you know, six thousand here and there. And with that short time frame and that little spend, we're not always able to demonstrate a lift in the overall account, even though we're focusing spend on like a couple products or doing just retargeting. Um, and the attribution and reporting in DSP is is definitely improved. Um, but is, is pretty confusing for a lot of our clients uh, and to a certain extent us. I mean, there's hundreds of columns in there about like <laughs> what, what you can learn from it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's been a heck of a ride this year. Uh, we've also been doing, um, you know, DSP white labeling with another agency, and that's led us to uh, learn how to, you know, do spend at a much larger scale with the platform and do a lot of off Amazon efforts, which are also interesting and, you know, have potential to bear fruit if set up correctly. But that's also been, you know, quite a challenge. So I would say DSP, um, you know, if you have $10,000, 5000 to throw around, so to speak, investigate putting that money into sponsored products, sponsored brands uh, before really turning to DSP. If you, if you feel capped out in your current spend level uh, and exposure, maybe it's time to use DSP to look higher up the funnel. Um because all those ad types we've talked about, you know so far, and you know we've always touched on, those are really retail focused further down the funnel. And DSP does complement those well if you have the budget and if you're willing to learn to understand those metrics that come out of it. Um, so that's kind of my that's kind of my rundown on DSP the way I think about it these days.
1: Yeah, one of the things you can do with DSP is advertise on other sites, correct?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So there's a bunch of inventory. Um, There's what's called Amazon O&O that's owned and operated. And that's Amazon mobile app, Amazon.com. And then you have APS, uh, which stands for Amazon partner sites, Amazon partner services. That's basically like other websites that Amazon has used. Like they've built out their own kind of ad network and they have partnered with a lot of top websites. So, you know, that's, that's their own like select list. And then you have um, O-O-E, or OE, it's just open exchange. And that's like the tabulas, the outbrain, like other um, mass market third-party sites where your stuff is going to show up. And the CPMs for those are usually cheaper. And the traffic's usually lower quality. But if you have a compelling offer um, and you know, you're using Amazon's uh, dynamic uh, display ad types, you can really get some good returns on those depending how you tweak the levers with targeting.
1: And they still work with CPM, which just for the record, CPM is, cost per meal which means a thousand uh, so it, it works by they charge you by impressions and is that the case with all DSP or uh, only on those yeah. OE sites
0: yeah all, all the um, all the ad types I've ever run on DSP I'm racking my brain here they, they're all they're all CPM um, wow. and there are additional fees for like audience costs like if you add in or layer in a bunch of audiences they'll be like okay this is one extra dollar per CPM. And if you remove audiences and they take that away, um, and we've seen those costs for those different audiences go up or down. Um, if, if you have your own customer provided lists, uh, they don't charge you much for that at all or zero in some cases. Like if you upload, uh, the minimum is 20,000 uh, lines of like uh, customer data, like just basic like email address, name, um, that kind of stuff. You can make a lookalike list, which you might be familiar with from Facebook. Yeah. And they don't charge you for using that. I mean, you still have to pay for ad inventory and the service and platform fees. But the actual use of that lookalike audience is free. Um, and that's another good way to do it. You can pixel your own website and do that. Um, there's a lot of ways to get audiences in a DSP, but like 90% of what we've done with it um, for the most part is like ASIN targeting uh, and building custom audiences based on that.
1: Wow. Uh, I'm just remembering the good old days where when we could do um, cost, uh, CPM on Google and Facebook, and because I guess it was the infancy of of the CPM, like uh, Facebook started ads only in 2007. So that was, Mm -hmm. what, 13 years ago. And we could decide how much we wanted to pay per CPM. So, of course, (laughs) we would throw a low cost at it. And then if you had an engagement, a highly engaging image, because at the time, there's not many rules of what you can't do like right. right now so if we wanted to put claims on images if we wanted images like GIFs uh that would move and and change to other things we could there was no limit on text so if we picked the CPM model and had a highly engaged image we could get so many clicks every 1000 pre- impressions we could get a lot a lot of clicks right and then of course uh the higher amount of clicks uh the, the higher uh,
0: well, yeah, it'd be a great click through rate on CPM ads. You're not paying for those clicks. I mean, that's, exactly. like a, that's a, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. It's like, yep. Yeah, well we have a thousand impressions and most of them clicked. Like, incredible. You know, you pay like a tiny amount of money for that much exposure. Um, I, I would have liked to be, uh, you know, running ads at that time, uh, 2007. I was a, uh, in high school, <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't into the game yet at that point. Uh, but yeah, that's like definitely the early days of that stuff. I think that was, uh, you know, web 2.0 stuff was still nascent, you know, Twitter had just started. It's fun to think about. Hmm. Um, yeah. Things are certainly way more advanced with Amazon's DSP. They, they have a way to go with it. I, I think that honestly, and especially if anyone from Amazon hears this, I like the joke that uh, Alexa devices are always listening to me because I was talking about a feature one week and two weeks later, they rolled it out in DSP and it was like a ground a ground shattering, uh, you know, new feature that changed how we work with attribution. So Amazon, if you're listening anywhere in my house or otherwise, um, what they really need to do is tie together the information for third-party sellers and then DSP platforms, because there is a feature that allows you to deduplicate conversions and purchases between the two, which makes the data a lot more clear. However, um, if there was an area inside of Seller Central where you could really go and look and say, all right, these sales or these impressions, these detailed page views these are attributed to DSP. Um, I mean, we'd like that for just normal advertising too, but for DSP, it'd be really nice, uh, you know, to see that, to make a really strong, compelling case for it, because most clients that we work with are three P sellers. They are not vendors. Um, and so the, the level of integration between DSP and the seller central as platforms needs to be, uh, Heightened, you know, they really need to do something better with tying those together, uh, because it's very hard for us to make a case for the value of DSP, you know, over a longer term. We do see a lift within, you know, several months, but it's very hard to ask a client, yeah, let's put 10k into this for two months before you, you really see much of an impact. You know, that's that's a that's a big wager to make.
1: It definitely is. Yeah. You know what I when I thought of about DSP when they first came out with DSP, uh, th- that means that other Sellers that are not selling on Amazon are allowed to advertise on Amazon products that are not available there. So my first thought was, what if Amazon, sorry, Walmart, decides to advertise on Amazon? They can't stop it.
0: <laughs> Especially if they use like a you know a company that they never heard of. Yeah, I mean, because you can push traffic to third-party sites. So, yeah. I mean, theoretically, you, I guess you could go to Walmart, but since it's an e-commerce page, they have restrictions on what kind of inventory and what kind of ads you can use with it. So, for instance, you can't use Amazon's special home-cooked uh, dynamic e-commerce ads or their responsive e-commerce ads. These are their own type that work really, really well with, um, you know, ASIN retargeting and, and cross-selling. You can't use those. They're not allowed to because you can't put a third-party URL in there. It won't work. Um But you could, you know, make a custom image ad and send it to uh, Shopify, uh, Helium 10 portals. We've done both those, Um, you know, your own website, you know, just have it coded in, you know, WordPress, WooCommerce, whatever. Um, Or uh, one one thing we've seen people do, we haven't done this ourselves, is send it to a uh, piece of content, like a blog. And so you get people educated and you have, you know, Facebook remarketing pixel on there. Maybe you have a DSP or marketing pixel. So you get them in like your kind of list. And, you know, assuming they've read a couple paragraphs of the blog post or they've taken a quiz or whatever. Um, yeah, it could be an interesting way to get people like in the funnel. Uh, but that is like some real tactical stuff that is, um, you know, not direct ROAS focused. Uh, and that's the mindset, I think, to take the DSP.
1: All right. Brent, I, I just realized we've been at this for an hour. So one more question before I let you go. Can you directly target by interest in DSP if you want to put an ad on Amazon?
0: Yeah, you can do what's called in-market. You can do lifestyle. Um, and, and lifestyle in particular has like what you call more interests. Yeah, and then you can refine that by gender, age, uh, you know, various other factors. Like I've worked recently with a company that really is focused on women. And so we would always add gender in there as a layer Um, To refine the targeting, but yeah, interests you can. Some of the interests are very strange. Uh, The way Amazon breaks them out, like fans of 1994 Toyota Corolla. You're like, what?
1: (laughs) Because they have a lot of,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, The initial D style, yeah, exactly. Uh, They have a lot of um, like people in there uh, that are like automotive targeting stuff for whatever reason. I think that's a big marketing segment. But yeah, you can do interests. Um, but I think the power of DSP is, is two things. It's the ad placement that you get on Amazon O&O and the ability to do really finely tuned targeting on ASIN level. So you can say people who've bought this product on uh, my catalog, I want them to see this product here, but only if they've never seen it before. Like you, you could do something that targeted. Mm. Um, or you can say people who bought this uh, like vitamin, uh, you know, more than 45 days ago, let's say that you're supposed to take it every 30 days, you know, that's the supply hit these people with this again. I want them to buy again. So we call that like a loyalty campaign. So getting them back in, making them make a purchase again, things like that, we found to be pretty useful.
1: Can you do that last one on a competitor's vitamin? You can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. you can. That's great. That's a beautiful one.
0: Yeah. Some of those opportunities are awesome. Like There's a campaign I set up um, a couple of weeks ago that's, that's currently running. That's basically Here's our one of our top sellers here's the same offer from a lot of competitors that's at a similar or greater price let's get in front of all those people who have seen but not purchased those competitors offers Wow so it's immensely powerful it's just you know a question of can you invest in it you know it is, does it make sense for you if you're willing to not focus solely on RoAS and look at other metrics um, and think of like longer term? And that's a big ask for some, for some clients, for some companies. So I understand, you know, it's not right for everybody for sure.
1: Got it. So Brent, tell everybody that's listening where they can find you and where they can find AMZ Pathfinder.
0: Yeah, sure. So amzpathfinder.com. You can search for us on LinkedIn. We're trying to be more active there. You can always send us an email. Hello at amzpathfinder.com. That'll go to me and several other people. So we'll get back to you there Um, or just find me on Facebook. I'm also at Brent Saradnick on Facebook and, regularly talk to and interact with people in all the number of amazon facebook groups that are out there that's definitely where i got my start in this world is actually mixing it up in the uh the ppc related groups and helping people troubleshoot their problems and i still do that to this day it's fun
1: good stuff so i'll have for everybody listening i'll have the links on the show notes hello at amzpathfinder.com and the url amzpathfinder.com brent thank you so much uh, I mean I knew this this would be something we could talk about all day, but uh, um I appreciate you coming here and uh, again, you still have the record so uh, let's keep it that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, good let's go for the fourth one maybe in the next couple months
1: <laughs> yeah the next event uh, so we have Christmas coming up in a month and a half so
0: in uh, <laughs> yep. the turkey five before that, which is usually the starting gun for the season so
1: yeah good stuff, Brent thank you so much, buddy.
0: All right, thanks, Ben.